search the world But it couldn't fill me A man's empty face Treasures of pain Never enough You came along
thank you for this day. I thank you for allowing us all to come and gather here, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to worship you, the great God that you are, Lord. I pray that you just reach people's hearts today, Lord, with Rick's message. I pray that you just help them help them realize who you are, Lord, even if they've forgotten, Lord. I pray that you just you just come over this message today, Lord. Amen. Hey, greet somebody and say good morning. Good morning. It's good to see all your beautiful faces and mine in the church today. I meant mine's not beautiful like all of you guys, but uh, anyway, good to see you this morning. Are you ready for what God has for us today? I love in our worship how we have such a range of ages and people up here. It's a beautiful thing when our recently graduated, still in high school kids are worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord right alongside people that have been in, for, in it for a little bit, raising them up and training them up. That's a good way to put it. Sometimes I just walk myself into things. And <laughs> but if you are a first time guest here at Orchardville Church, um, Slip your hand up real quick as I look across. First time being with us, maybe a second time. We didn't recognize you last. There's some right here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy to have you with us today. And I believe you have already found out how loving and uh, wonderful this church family is. But we're not here just to woo, be entertained. I thought my mic malfunctioned for a second. We're not here to just be entertained. We are here to encounter the Lord each week we come together. So um, it's great to have a church family. It's even greater to have a God that's still moving and working in our midst. Amen. So if you're a first-time guest, fill out the card in the seat in front of you. Turn it in at the welcome desk after church, and we have a gift for you. And then I'll reach out and maybe send you a message this week and just thank you for being with us. Um, You love the Lord today. Could you, if asked, you know, when we greeted people, could you go to that person and say, this is what the Lord has done for me? Could you guys do that? Like six people could. Seven, okay. It's a testimony. Share those. Let people know. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So let people know what God has done in your life. Let them know, okay. Kingdom Come, week three of I don't know how many weeks, but we're going to talk about Kingdom Come again today. Hopefully you guys are getting some out of this. I feel like it's, a, it's, it's kind of a spreaching, speaking, teaching, preaching, all mixed together. So we're going to go into Genesis this morning first, Genesis chapter one. If you have your Bibles with you or your phones with your Bible app. Follow along, take some notes. Had a little reunion, class reunion with Sarah's, how many years? 25 years for her. I think my 20th is coming up in a couple of years. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's my 30th. Last night with some of her classmates. Well, not a lot turned out, but it's good to, to get to meet some people that help shape Sarah into who she is today, so. (laughs) 
the old Weber High School. All right, Genesis 1, starting in verse 26. Here we go. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse 29, then God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you and to every animal of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Can we pray again, please? Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace, your forgiveness, God. We thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you see us. Uh, Father, especially in the midst of difficult times, you are with us and you are there. I pray for freedom in this house this morning and for lives to be changed. Father, chains to be broken off, bonds to be broken off, and your freedom to reign in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of the songs, Sarah didn't, I didn't ask her to do announcements till last night, and a couple of the songs went along with chains. So her opening just hit it on the head there. So good job, honey. Good job, honey. All right, as we begin this morning, when God says man, understand that he's not just talking about the male, he's talking about all of us, mankind, okay? The race of mankind, and also mankind, all of us, and I'm not saying this hateful, all of us come in two models, male or female. Now again, don't amen out of of hate, amen out of people are being deceived by the enemy, into things. Gender is not something we can customize like a car. Despite what people may think today, despite the lies that they've been told, despite the deceiving of the enemy, in their minds, the human race is still binary. It's male and female. That's it. So we think mankind, when we're reading this, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule. Let them rule. Now, last week we learned that rule is a, is, it was a Hebrew word. It comes from the Hebrew word rada. Now, this week my wife asked me, get this, guys. She calls me. I always like to be real and give you some stories. She calls me. I think we are on the phone this week. I was here at work. And she said, uh, can I give you one, how would she word it, critique of your message? I said, get in line, get in line. You're number 71. That's, no, I'm just kidding. She said, you know, when you give, you know, I know you're wanting to go deeper in the Hebrew words and the Greek and stuff and their meaning and what it means. Can you, I'm thinking in my head, please let it be something simple. She said, can you put those on the screen so we can see it with our eyes and visualize it and tie it together? I said, I can do that. So they will be up there this week when I refer to them. But last week we talked about Radah, 
which is the rule. Um, a better word is kingdom, meaning to govern. So God did not give Adam a religion. Okay? He gave Adam a kingdom, and it was the kingdom. In the garden, there, was no, there were no sacrifices. Okay? There were no worship services. There were no pastors. There were no worship bands. God did not say, let Adam have church. He said, let Adam rule. Rada. Let them rule. And we, when we use the word them, we're removing ourselves from that group and their activities. So if I say they went out to eat or they went over to the store, I didn't go. Right? I did not go with them. I am not part of them. And it's the same when God said, let them rule. Let them rada. God was not ruling. They were ruling them. He took himself out of that. So to help us understand this, we have to establish something that I threw out there at the end of week one in regards to God's relationship with man. Okay? And again, here goes your brain. Despite what we've heard over the years, or maybe even we've said it ourselves, the phrase is that we've heard it and we've said it, God is in control. But God is not in control of everything. Okay? We need to stop saying God's in control. I know we do that at times because we want to get the warm fuzzies and we want to try to encourage somebody that's going through something, but it's not true. God's not in control. And I know that sounds weird to say that, and I know some of you want to throw something at me, but he is not in control. He is in charge. He is in charge of the earth. Eventually, he will come back and take back control, right? But for now, he removed himself from the radar, from the rule on the earth. It's ours. We need to walk in it as believers. So, keeping this in mind, let's go to Psalm 115. And so I still don't believe you, Rick. God's in control. Well, okay. Call me this week. We can talk. My wife did. <laughs> Psalm 115, verse 16. Here it is. I'm, out of, I'm doing New American Standard Bible this week, okay? The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth, I'm reading that right, correct? He has given to the sons of mankind. There it is. And then if you go back to Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who live in it. So the Lord owns the earth, but he put mankind in control of the earth. And we understand this from the word Lord, which is the word Adonai in the Hebrew. It means owner. So God is the owner of the earth. And when he created man, he was saying, let them kingdom the earth. Let them have dominion in the earth. Let them rule. Now, some of the people that are ruling and reigning and doing things have screwed this place up. We as the church, that wasn't politically correct, have messed this, this thing up. We as believers have got to stop sitting back and step out and, and do what God's asked us to do as believers with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We have to move forward and step out and quit getting pushed back by the world. Let them rule. Let them kingdom the earth. So, again, God's not in control. He is in charge. 
Because if God was in control, we would have to blame him for every abortion, every murder, every divorce, every lie, every gossip people are doing, every time someone has sex before marriage, every time a husband cheats on a wife or a wife cheats on a husband, every time we cuss, every addiction, we'd have to blame all that on God. Free will, choice, rule, govern, us, okay? Again, but this, God not in control, this is what people are implying when they blame God for the bad things that happen. Or we say, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, Jake, our youth pastor, reminded us in the coffee shop, I wasn't there, they told me about it, that there are no good people. The Bible says so. Jesus said no one was good except God. So the line, why do bad things happen to good people, doesn't make any sense. Because there are no good people. Okay, talks about that in Mark 10, if you want to look that up later. Well, bad things are not God's fault, then who's to blame? Again, the fact is he put us in control. Mankind is in control. More specifically, he put us, his ecclesia, his church, in control. His church, we are his governmental structure here on the earth. And it's, it's so difficult for us as Christians to accept, you know, many people don't want to rule here on earth for God, but would rather just hang out until Jesus comes back. They don't want to walk in the power and authority that's been given to us. They would rather just hang out until he comes back. And when we have this mindset, I'm good, I'm just, I'm saved, whoo, I'm saved. I'm just going to chill and wait until the Lord comes back or he takes me. That's what I'm going to do. And when we have this mindset, here's what our prayer life will sound like. Or it might sound like. It might be, Lord, help me make it through this day. Oh, Lord, help me make it through next week. I got so much stuff coming up that's just help me make it through the week. That's all I'm asking, Lord. Or help me hang on until you come back to take me from this wicked world. And that's our prayer sometimes. It has nothing to do with ruling and reigning here on earth. It has everything to do with, please just be with me so I can make it. Where's the power and authority in that? That's how a lot of us as Christians think and pray in America today. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit was not just given to us so we could endure the hard times and make it to heaven. That's not the only reason he was left to us. Holy Spirit was also given so we could rule and have dominion and destroy the works of the enemy as we shine the light of Jesus into the dark places. So when we read, let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth, we have to read it as God intended. He was saying, let them rule over, let them rada over, let them kingdom over all the earth. All of it, every piece of creation. God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. He blessed us. We're a blessed people as believers in Jesus because we were created in his image. We are given the ability to rule and govern here on the earth. God was declaring a function within us. In us. He not only gave us an assignment here on earth, but it's in our identity to, to fulfill that assignment. It's in us 
to fulfill it. We need to walk in it. God's DNA is in us today. We are made in God's image and in his likeness. It should drive everything we do every single day. I don't cuss somebody out for cutting me off because it drives me for his kingdom to reign in this earth. I don't get mad at somebody when they do something to me that I don't like because his kingdom, his Holy Spirit in me reigns here on this earth and in my life. I don't say, well, people make mistakes. I can't stand when people say that, especially the ones that keep making the same one over and over and over again. We're not to go on sinning. Recognize it, repent of it, stop doing it. <sighs> Please remember too that he didn't say rule over one another. He said rule over all creation. A kingdom is made up of individuals, all of us. The strength of the kingdom is found in the strength of each of the individuals that make up the kingdom. We are a body of believers together, each one having different gifts and talents and abilities. And when we bring that together and we bring it into God and let him anoint it and bless it, it's a beautiful thing in the church and outside the church. God gave us all the gifts to rule different aspects of earth together in harmony as an extension of heaven on earth. We need to bring kingdom culture to our sphere of influence, and we all have it. And then as we're obedient, God brings transformation to the lives of those that are around us. Well, maybe one of the reasons people don't come to Christ or want what we have is because they don't see it in us. I guarantee if you are walking in your kingdom authority and the power that Christ has put within you, people will notice and start asking you questions and wondering what is going on in your life. So if they're not asking you questions, they're not wondering what you've got, you're not really showing it. Okay? Most of us don't go into our jobs with the intent of bringing a kingdom come mentality into the workplace. True or false? <laughs> Instead, we worry more about wanting to just earn a good living. We're guilty of waking up and saying, oh, another day, another day to go and work. Forgetting that God has blessed you with the job. Even if you don't like it, you are supplying for your family. Even if you don't like the people you work with, we get, we get in that mentality and we forget kingdom come. I am here to influence and bring God's kingdom into this job. I'm here to show and shine the light of Jesus. He didn't, God didn't tell us to go and earn a good living, okay? He actually said he would take care of all that. Matthew 6, 31, 32. Do not worry then saying, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what do we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. So Jesus is referring to everything that people run after. The name brand clothes. The cool shoes. I was going to try to use some teen language, but I can't. I can't. But we're not supposed to worry about, I want to have the best house. I want to have the best vehicle to show off. We're not supposed to be worrying about all that stuff. They should not be our pursuit. 
Our pursuit should be the kingdom of God and righteousness, which is morally right in the eyes of God, your character, your attitude, your conduct. Those are the things that we should be pursuing. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Before anything else in life, we should be seeking the kingdom of God. Before anything else in life, we should be seeking the kingdom of God. Before Sarah, I should seek the kingdom of God. Before Brylin, I should seek the kingdom of God. Before my job, before my hobbies, my activities, I seek the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom, the rule, the radah, the dominion. Our job is to manifest the kingdom of God wherever we go. Quiet today. When Jesus was questioned concerning kingdom, his reply baffled them. Luke 17, verse 20, 21. Now he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming. And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The word midst is the Greek word. Here you go, honey. And toss. And it literally means within, inside you. I carry around the kingdom of God. Everywhere I go, as I speak, as, as my actions come forth, I'm the kingdom of God. I have him living inside of me and I'm bringing that wherever I'm at. Back to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 5 through 9. Now no shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Okay? Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. This is amazing. Sometimes the simple things just to read are amazing. And the man became a living person. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, think about some things here. There was no man to cultivate or farm the ground. Okay? Cultivate in Hebrew means to manage, to govern. So God did not let it rain because he did not have a man to manage the earth yet. God created the heavens and the earth and everything in the earth, all the shrubs, trees, bugs, elephants, even mosquitoes, everything on the earth. But God withheld the rain because he did not want anything producing, growing, multiplying until he had man on the earth. God never designed this earth to rule, to rada itself. He designed man to do that, to govern it. He gave them dominion. He gave them government here on the earth. And the government he gave them was not planting a garden. God had already planted the garden. Genesis 2.8. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. So God planted it and gave it to man. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and tend it. Now, the garden was just a piece of the earth. 
Okay? It was not the entirety of the earth, nor was man only assigned to the garden. God placed them there and said, I want you to take what I have given you and expand it throughout the whole earth. The, the, the garden was kind of like a pilot project. It, it was not a place where man was going to hang out forever and say, oh, wow, life is good. Oh, wow, we have 300 and some people in Orchardville Church. Life is good. No, that's not it. We are to expand God's kingdom. You know how many pastors would be happy with what we have here right now at Orchardville Church? Like they would walk in and say, Whew, we don't have to do anything. Let's just ride this out. I'm not that pastor. I want us to expand God's kingdom and not settle or be content in what we have. Because there are so many more people that are not here right now that don't know the Lord. So they're not there just saying we're going to walk with God in the cool of the day and tomorrow we're going to do the same thing and forever it's going to be this way. The garden was, was actually the foundational seed from which man was to spread throughout the earth. And we get this, this image of what we think it might have been like in the Garden of Eden from, from this part of Genesis 3.8. Now they heard the sound of the Lord, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Doesn't that just paint a pretty picture? I hear the sound of the Lord and he's walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Oh. The phrase cool of the day literally means to walk in the spirit. So we could read this, Adam walked with God in the spirit. That's awesome, right? What about us? Romans eight fourteen. for all who are being led by the spirit of God, those are sons and daughters of God, led by the spirit of God. As believers, we are, we are to be walking in a place of partnership with God everywhere we go. Every time I walk into a gas station, and I'm trying to get myself in more into this mindset that when I walk into places, Lord, show me what I'm to do here. It isn't to buy a candy bar and get fatter. It is to bring the kingdom of God in that place. When I go to Walmart, that tests your God inside of you. But instead of thinking like, man, I'm just dreading going into this place because, woo, it's difficult. I'm bringing the kingdom of God in here. And God may put people in your path. You're so busy about getting what you need and getting out that God may say, stop. This person right here, dressed in their pajamas, (laughs) that's causing a ruckus. They need the Lord and you're to speak to them. How many of us can get in that mindset to think that in the moment when I come into Walmart, I own this place. This is the Lord's and walk around with that mindset. I'm I'm here to minister. Yeah, I got to get the things Sarah asked me to. But in the meantime, I'm going to minister as people come along and the Lord impresses me in my spirit to to talk to that person or to buy those groceries for that, that mom that's struggling, whatever it is, get that mindset. Because we are literally walking around as the kingdom of God here on earth to rule and have dominion and to let him work through us. All right. I don't know where we got to Walmart, but. <laughs> but this kind of thinking was exactly what Jesus did as he walked this earth. Right? 
He was here in partnership with God to seek and save that which was lost and, like we talked about, destroy the works of the devil. He came to dissolve or free us from that contract that Satan and Adam formed in the garden that wreaked havoc on the rest of the earth throughout generations, and it's still happening today. Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, also understand this this morning, that Jesus' arrival was timed perfectly. Perfectly. God always knows what he's doing. He has a plan long before we or the world has a problem. The earth had been prepared to receive Jesus just as, as it had once been prepared for the arrival of Adam and Eve. Both times God withheld the rain until the perfect time. What do you mean? The rain of nature in the garden was held back and the rain of the spirit upon the earth. God always creates the atmosphere before he creates the product. He always builds the house before the inhabitants move in. He only sends the laborers when the fields are white with harvest. So, so think about this. God created the sky before he created the bird. He created the water before he created the fish. He created the earth before he created the trees and plants. He created Eden before he created man. He created Adam before he created Eve. Without the proper environment, the creature dies. Take a bird out of the air, it becomes more vulnerable on the ground and in its surroundings. Most birds are safest in the air. Take a fish out of water, it dies eventually after it flops around for a while. Take up a tree out of the ground, if you don't replant it, it dies. Take a man out of Eden, and what happens? Genesis 2, 16, 17. The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on the day that you eat from it you will certainly die. Now, obviously Adam and Eve didn't die in a physical sense. So what did God mean by you will certainly die? Well, I think he meant here, after eating the fruit, God was going to pull them out of Eden and place them in a foreign environment. And again, the earth was placed in man's control. So, so what would be foreign about him taking them from one place and putting them in another one and removing them from the garden? What's going to be foreign about that? It's actually pretty simple. The word Eden means presence. Presence. So if you think about that, the reason no one can, can, you know, they talk about, where's Eden? Where's Eden? We can't find it. No one can find Eden because it's, it's not really probably a geographical location. It's an environment. It's an atmosphere. It's a spiritual location that God had them. And I don't think it's a plot of land. Instead of God put his presence in a certain place, then he put man in that place on the earth and said, now out of this environment, out of Eden, out of my presence, rule, have dominion. Function and flow in my presence, in, in my spirit right here that's in this place. You can multiply, you can subdue, you can be fruitful, you can rada, you can rule right here in my presence. But you take man out of Eden, out of God's presence, and he dies. But put, back, put man back into the presence of God, 
and he's going to thrive. And that was the foundation of man's creation, assignment, relationship with God. God's presence is the Holy Spirit. If our praise team would come back up. For us today, getting all the way to this part right here, for us today, when we stop walking in the ways of God and under the Holy Spirit's directions, we will spiritually die. We will. When I step out from the direction and leading of the Holy Spirit over my life, I will spiritually die. We've seen that happen to people that have been in this church. But when you step out of God's presence and try to do things on your own, you die. You spiritually die. Now, I would rather walk around... I know this is a bad omen or something, but I don't believe in that. I, would, I, I can walk around in God's presence. This is God's presence, okay? I would much rather walk around with God's presence, even when those difficult things get hard, because God's presence can overcome situations. The power of the Holy Spirit inside of me says that I can get through this if I will stay in God's presence, I can make it through. I can make it through. But the minute I put this down and decide I want to do some things on my own, I want to venture out on my own, and I, and I step out of God's presence, spiritually I'm beginning to die. If I continue to do my own thing in the midst of struggles, or I just choose this, or I choose that over God and His presence, I'm going to spiritually die. I have walked away from his covering of his presence to choose sin or to choose whatever it is instead of having that covering over me. And I'm going to spiritually die. I'd much rather stick with Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit in me. So when things come at me, I'm in your presence, Lord. There's fullness of joy in your presence, God. I'm here right now. Holy Spirit, move in this situation because I don't want to be out of your spirit. I don't want to be out of your will, God. I want to stay. I want kingdom come. Your will be done in this situation, God. So I'm going to stay right here, sheltered in the presence of God. And I'm going to grow in my relationship with him because the Holy Spirit is with me. He's with me. He's with me. You guys will stand this morning. Just bow your heads for a minute. I cannot stress enough the importance of staying within the presence of God. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you throughout each day. If you will do that, if you will allow God to rule and reign in your heart, then your language, your actions, your relationships are all going to reflect that. And we won't say things like, yeah, I sin, but he always forgives me. I, I just keep doing it, but he always, we won't say things like that. Or one I've, I saw, and I, I don't like it either, and I know there's grace and forgiveness, but 
I love Jesus and I cuss a little. Really? Now, here, this is coming from a guy, me, right here, your pastor, that cussed every third word through high school because I thought it was cool. And everybody else was doing it. So watch me drop these F words and every other kind of word. Every th- I sounded stupid. I'm not calling you stupid. I said I sounded stupid. I realized that I'm not very intelligent. If all I can get out in any scenario is cuss words, that doesn't say a lot about me. Keep in mind, I was going to church the whole time. And I'm not condemning you if you're struggling with cussing. I'm telling you, God can take that away. Because I, it, I don't slip. I don't say those things anymore. Because Holy Spirit in me and God took it away from me. And I decided in my mind, I don't want, I don't want to ruin my witness by cussing all the time. That doesn't line up with who God is inside of me and wants to be in me. So Lord, take it from me. In Jesus' name. The same with my depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to walk around like that anymore because I knew that's not what God had for me. So I got to a place where I said, Jesus, you know, God, I can't do this anymore. I know I'm operating in my own feelings, my own thoughts, Father, and I'm not operating in kingdom authority in my life and my heart. So right now, Father, I say, take it from me. I surrender it. And you know what? He took it. He took it. So this morning, if you're in here and you've walked away from the covering of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you've ignored, you've neglected, you've quenched the Spirit inside of you right now, I'm asking you to come because you need to get back where God wants you to be. Because if you do not, this is a warning to you this morning, if you do not, you will spiritually die and you'll make decisions, you'll make choices that are going to affect not only you, but people around you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak. I speak through the power of your Holy Spirit into people in this room right now, Father. Lord, let them get back under your covering. Let them get back to a place, Father, where they are, they are pleasing and glorifying you in their actions and their words, Father. Ones that have walked away this morning, God, they know. Father, it hasn't been about kingdom come. It hasn't been about his authority in our lives. It hasn't been about walking in it and showing other people. And, Father, they need to come back. They need to come back. They are spiritually dying and they feel that. They know that right now, God. Let them come back. And Lord, I know you welcome us with open arms when we turn back to you. Father, minister to hearts this morning. Minister to hearts, Father. As we open up these altars and worship, Father, is there anybody here that does not know you, doesn't know your son Jesus as their savior, that died on the cross for them, that, that shed his blood to cover their sins that they don't know, Father, please, Lord, prick something in their hearts that they respond. The Holy Spirit convicts them and they respond to come to Jesus today. That all their sins can be washed away and their life can change from this day forward. We praise you. We thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship and pray, church.
we just take a moment to lift our hands and thank the Lord this morning? You know what he's done in your life. You know how he's ministered in your life, in your family's life. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power and authority that you've given us, Father, here on the earth through the power of your Holy Spirit within us. And God, I pray that we stay, we stay in your presence throughout each of our days, God. The enemy is coming at us like a flood, Father, but we are raising up a standard against him. And Father, we are staying in your presence because we are safe. And Father, we can, we can be on the attack. I don't want to be on the defense anymore. Just making it through, Father, I want to go on the offense and take the battle to the enemy. And Lord, we want to take back things he's stolen from us. Father, our kids, Father, things in our, our, our family, our relationships, jobs, Father, whatever it is, right now in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the enemy and everything he's trying to do to destroy things in people's lives. We are overcomers. We are overcomers. Father, I speak life into the people in here right now, Father, that feel spiritually dead. Let your spirit reign in their life, Father. Lord, let them come back under that covering of your presence. Your presence, God. Carriers of your presence, God. Kingdom come. Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let us walk in that, Father. We praise you and we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Please don't forget on your way out, you'll see those cards. It says, invite someone this week, grab a card, change a life. It's really that simple. If you get somebody, you get somebody that card and they check out and they come, you are literally having a hand in changing someone's life that doesn't know the Lord. Maybe they've been in church at one time and they come back just because you handed somebody a card and said, here's Orchardville Church, this is where I go. Check it out. We've got to invite people. We've got to tell people about the Lord. And we have to walk in the authority and power that God's given us. Amen. You see somebody in Walmart, you see somebody in the gas station that's ailing, that's hurting. Most of us know in that moment, I should pray for that person. But fear overwhelms us. Do it. You feel something inside of you, say, pray for that person, then go pray for them. Again, the worst thing that you did was pray for somebody. Okay? Walk in it. Love you guys. Appreciate you. We'll be here Wednesday night having church. You're not dismissed. You are sent. God bless.